On the streets of New York, it's called crack, and the deals go down quickly. This form of cocaine comes concentrated. It is smoked rather than sniffed. It produces an intense high within five to ten seconds that lasts only five to ten minutes and leaves the user craving for more. When I take drugs, I go to the moon, yeah. What caused the increased usage of crack cocaine in urban neighborhoods? On this episode of Foreign Concept, we look at how the 1980s crack epidemic led to mass incarcerations of African Americans. Foreign Concept, the unapologetically black podcast. 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 The crack epidemic was a period in time where almost everyone in every major city in the United States was either sniffing coke or smoking crack. Blood clot. Crack is widely believed to be the most addictive drug ever sold on the streets. Although crack use cuts across class and racial boundaries, its most devastating impact has been felt by black addicts and their families. Many turned to crack cocaine as a way to escape reality. It was a drug that did not discriminate regardless of your skin colour or social standing. During this time frame, there was a structural shift that resulted in factories closing down or relocating out of inner cities that were predominantly occupied by blacks. This, of course, had a devastating effect on African-American communities, especially amongst their men, as the economic gap between them and their counterparts started to widen at an alarming rate. The black man is the only man in America who is out-earned and out-educated by his woman. There are two accounts as to how the crack epidemic is said to have started. The first is from the US Drug Enforcement Agency. They claim there was so much cocaine powder being shipped into the United States by the cartels that the price of the drug dropped by 80%, which obviously affected the drug dealers. As a result, these dealers started to convert the excess powder into a solid form that could be smoked. They called it crack cocaine. The second account is more cynical. Journalists such as Gary Webb and leaders of groups such as the Black Panther and the Nation of Islam claimed crack cocaine was purposely planted into the black communities by the CIA in a bid to destroy the black family once and for all. They took all the jobs out the inner city in 1970. 1980, the CIA drops off the crack cocaine. Men who were working for the CIA's army were responsible for bringing all that cocaine into Los Angeles that sparked the crack epidemic. As few resources were needed in order to sell crack, many small-time drug dealers from as young as 12 years old saw this as an opportunity to cash in and work independently away from the meddling cartel who were kingpins back then. I'm young cold because I be dishing, yeah. I be handling the rock, I be whipping in the pot, boy. It's all about the fucking drug money. Yeah. Drug dealers were making as much as $2,000 a month selling crack, which was obviously a lot of money back then. Still is. As the demand for crack cocaine increased, mm -hmm. so did the violence. Wow. Competition between drug dealers resulted in an increased number of murders and gang-related crimes. Crews fought to profit from selling on the same corners to the same customers on the same block. Congress responded by passing an anti-drug abuse act, establishing for the first time a mandatory minimum sentence for, for those, those convicted of having a specific amount of cocaine on them. 
This campaign became known as the War on Drugs. The most far-reaching and comprehensive crime bill in more than 50 years, which did three things. Number one, mandatory minimum sentencing for nonviolent drug-related offenses. Number two, three strikes and you're out. Three federal felonies and you go to jail for the rest of your life. And number three, it criminalized child support, which brought any man with a child who was not married to the mother under the supervision of the criminal justice system. The war on drugs turned out to be a campaign that resulted in mass incarcerations of African Americans. Sentences for drug-related crimes were much longer and much harsher for African Americans than it was for their counterparts. For example, African Americans caught with 5 grams of crack cocaine faced a minimum of 5 years prison sentence. Whereas a Caucasian would only receive the same prison time if they were caught with 500 grams of powdered cocaine. This obviously resulted in mass incarcerations of African Americans in comparison to any other ethnic group. The government claimed this tactic was implemented in a bid to prevent people from taking drugs. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. I have asked the Congress to provide the legislative authority and the funds to fuel this kind of an offensive. Critics say the war on drugs was a clear indicator of racial biasness and a direct attack on community growth. People are going in at 20 and coming out at 45. How are we supposed to build a community that way? One in every four African-American male aged between 20 and 29 was either in prison, on probation, or on parole by 1989. Given the United States the highest incarceration rates in the world, to which many businesses and alleged government officials are said to have benefited from. In addition to private prisons, even um, state-run prisons, uh, you have corporations who are profiting from people's incarceration. So what does that mean? The 13th Amendment in the Constitution, in the United States Constitution, it says that slavery is illegal. So we can't have slavery anymore, except for punishment of a crime. If you are um, convicted of a crime, then you're exempt from that 13th Amendment saying that slavery should, you know, um, is abolished. So that means that you're allowed to work as a slave, slave labor, slave wages. So you have people working for 10 cents an hour, 11 cents an hour. This obviously begs the question as to why a national emergency wasn't declared when millions of African Americans were being imprisoned at an alarming rate. It also opens up a tin of worms for questions such as Why is it that Caucasians addicted to drugs are perceived as victims in need of treatment? Whereas African Americans addicted to drugs were perceived as criminals who were then sent to jail. After I took that first hit, I forgot that I was pregnant. Deborah Stewart is repentant now, but she faces a prison sentence for involuntary manslaughter. The defense attorney says the 37-year-old former model and office worker did not intend to kill her son. She is not a criminal, he says, but the victim of 20 years of addiction to alcohol and crack cocaine. To play devil's advocate, you can argue that times have changed. 
There's more of a social understanding on addictions. Yes, but if that's the case, then why haven't those who were convicted during the crack epidemic received some sort of reparations because society misunderstood what addiction was? Foreign Concept, the unapologetically black podcast. 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 This is the most addicting thing that probably ever existed in the world. You know, it will make you a slave.